Welcome to the Living Sacrifice Podcast. I would love to read to you from Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I'll be reading from the King James Version. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. As your host, it will be my duty and goal to have you question yourselves and to examine your hearts. How are you walking on this earth? Assuming that you are a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, are you living this life for yourself or for him and his kingdom? Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross on our behalf so that we may be transferred from death to life. And now is our chance to live this life for him. Since we have Holy Spirit dwelling within us in our holy temple, in our bodies, how can we be living sacrifices for him? So each time you join us here on the podcast, we will discuss different ways that we can all be living sacrifices, which will benefit you and those around you. And I'm confident in this very thing, that it will strengthen your relationship with God Almighty, the best father, the best God, the best friend, the best everything that we will ever obtain. It is no longer I who live, but he who lives within me. Thank you for joining us. But the one who loves God is known by God. 1 Corinthians 8.3 Welcome back to the Living Sacrifice Podcast. And if you're new here, welcome. I want to thank, first and foremost, for everyone who prayed for my father-in-law, Mark, and took it upon yourself to be a living sacrifice and fasted for him and his healing. Um, Sometimes God answers in ways that we do not expect. Mark has passed on and is now in the arms of Jesus Christ. And he healed in the spiritual realm. Not in our physical world, unfortunately. And this has been very heavy on our family's hearts. And we ask that 
you please lift us up in prayer and pray for my family, my husband, uh, my mother-in-law, brother-in-law, so on and so forth, that their hearts find healing and receive healing from Jesus and that they grow closer to God instead of running away from him with their feelings and their sorrow um, and are able to heal in a healthy way and it's okay to feel sad it's okay to grieve the way that you need to grieve because everybody grieves differently I don't really want to make this podcast about that I just wanted to take the time to thank each and every one of you who did pray for my father-in-law it meant so much to me and my family um And perhaps, if God wills, I will talk about it more in another podcast um, of a certain topic that has been on my heart, um, and also in a blog post. Um, It's going to take me a bit because it's going to take me a lot of brainstorming and thinking of all the right words to say with the Holy Spirit's help. It's, you know, I'm the type of person where... I don't just put out information to put out information. A lot of my blog posts on loveneverfails.blog and even my podcasts are very thought out and they're very deep. Um, They're deep to me and uh, it takes some time. Um, Quite frankly, I'm not sure how a lot of people put out content uh, as fast as they do sometimes because... If you're really putting thought and prayer and um, watchfulness into everything that you do, you wouldn't be so quick to put it out. Um, I'm very careful with what I put out because I don't want to lead anyone in the wrong direction. And I want to be careful with my words and I want to place them precisely because I want it to touch certain hearts in certain ways. Um, That might be the father in heaven in me. (laughs) That might be a characteristic that I get from my father. Um, Our father, I should say. But... Nonetheless, I want to start off by reading a short devotional that I thought would touch our hearts today. And I will begin with a verse from the Song of Songs, chapter 8, verse 7, which says, Many waters cannot quench love. So no matter what waters come our way, what storms come our way, nothing can quench love. And as my blog is called lovenevervails.blog, 
love will never fail. True love will never fail. And you can only find true love through Jesus Christ. So let us read about the power of love. Here's a story by Wynne Collier. Two octogenarians, one from Germany and the other from Denmark, were an unlikely couple. They had each enjoyed 60 years of marriage before being widowed. Though living only 15 minutes apart, their homes were in separate countries. Still, they fell in love regularly cooking meals and spending time together. Sadly, in 2020, due to the coronavirus, the Danish government closed the border crossing. Undeterred, every day at 3 p.m., the two met at the border on a quiet country lane and seated on their respective sides, shared a picnic. We're here because of love the man explained. Their love was stronger than borders, more powerful than a pandemic. The Song of Songs offers an impressive display of love's invincible power. Love is as strong as death, Solomon insisted. None of us escapes death. It arrives with a steely fatality we can't break. And yet love, the writer said, is every bit as strong. What's more love burns like a blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Have you ever watched a fire exploding in feverish rage? Love, like fire, is impossible to contain. Many waters cannot quench love. Not even a raging river can sweep love away. Human love, whenever it's selfless and true, offers reflections of these characteristics. However, only God's love offers such potency, such limitless depths, such tenacious power, and here's the stunner. God's love, sorry, God loves each of us with this unquenchable love. And a pondering question for you, for your personal selves. How does love in this life reflect the love shared by God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit? How do you sense God loving you? right now, in this moment. So let us read from the Song of Songs, chapter 8, verses 6 to 7. Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death, its jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot sweep it away. 
if one were to give all the wealth of one's own house for love, it would be utterly scorned. So now that we've shortly spoken on the power of love, and we've allowed God to speak to us through his word about love, this is basically what today's podcast is going to entail. God's love. God's love for each and every single one of us. I hope that this podcast today speaks to you and you, whoever is on the other side of this, personally, to your heart. Um, I want to speak about this because it's something that God has been frequently showing me. And with knowing this love, I want you to consider what you are doing with this love that you have been given. I hope that by expressing God's love for you, you will consider surrendering to him if you haven't already so that you can be a living sacrifice as we are destined to be. And you know, when people think of sacrificing, they think negatively because that's how this world has trained us to be, if you really sit down and think about it. We have been wired on this earth to think negatively, and that's because sin corrupted what was initially promised to us. And now we are dealing with that on this earth. It's all about since the beginning, what happened in the beginning. And if you're not familiar with that, you know, just go to Genesis and read from chapter 1 and so on and so forth. God, through his Holy Spirit, will explain that to you for yourself. But... This earth, as we know it today, with the hurt and the pain and the sorrow, isn't always going to be this way. But we will get into that. So, God wants you to know here and now, after reading the Song of Songs, that love cannot be quenched. His true love cannot be quenched. Nothing can put out the fire of God's love. You know, when I first saw the word quench, it was pertaining to the Holy Spirit of God. One example is in 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 19, and it says, Quench not the Spirit. Okay, do not quench the spirit. And when I had first, not first seen it, but when I had reread it, you know, because each time you read a passage, whether you've read it before or not, um, God highlights something new each time. And this time I was like, 
Well, what does quench really mean? And so I looked into it. When you look up the definition of quench, the first definition says satisfy one's thirst by drinking. But the second definition says extinguish a fire. An act of quenching something very hot. And so when the word says do not quench the spirit, it is saying do not put it out. Do not, you know, try to water down the flames of the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. Don't try to put it out by the works of the flesh or mm, not heeding to his words or applying the word to your life, so on and so forth. There are so many things that could extinguish the Spirit. But in terms of this, where it says that many waters cannot quench love, many waters cannot put out love, many waters cannot extinguish love, many waters cannot get rid of love. And love fulfills the law. Whereas we were judged according to the law prior to Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. Love now fulfills the law through him. So God is saying, place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. For love is as strong as death. Place him over your heart. You will need him. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Now, I hope you can see by rereading this, the analogy of a fire, the analogy of the Holy Spirit on your heart, of his love, so on and so forth, how strong it is, how strong he is. Just picture that for a moment in your own heart, the power of his love. And when you're done, flip to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1. So now we are in the book of Jeremiah. We are going to be in the first chapter. And I'm going to go ahead and start reading at verse 4. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak. For I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a youth. For to all whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you to deliver you, 
declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms, to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. The word of the Lord came to me a second time, saying, What do you see? I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, out of the north, disaster shall be set loose upon the inhabitants of the land. For behold, I am calling all the tribes of the kingdoms of the north, declares the Lord. And they shall come, and every one shall set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem, against its walls, all around the, and against all the cities of Judah. And I will declare my judgments against them. For all their evil in forsaking me. They have made offerings to other gods and worship the works of their own hands. But you, dress yourself for work. Arise and say to them everything that I command you. Do not be dismayed by them, lest I dismay you before them. And I, behold, I make you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar and bronze walls against the whole land against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. Now when I first came to the book of Jeremiah, I first approached it with the mindset of, okay, I'm going to read the book of Jeremiah, and I'm just going to see what it says. I'm going to learn about Jeremiah, the messenger of God's justice and grace, prophet to Israel and the nations. Um, I didn't really expect God to speak so strongly to what he has already been speaking to me. But that's how God works sometimes. He speaks when we least expect it. So keep that in mind for yourself. Now, this passage, God is speaking to Jeremiah. And he is speaking something profound to him. But the, what the Lord showed to me is that he's also speaking to us here and now through the words that he spoke to Jeremiah. And I'm just going to kind of break it down for us and narrow down to you what exactly the Lord wanted us to know. There are a few things here. So, I just want to knock this out of the ballpark real quick, so I don't forget. Toward the end here, I thought it was quite interesting that God was bringing up 
disaster from the north. And I also thought it was interesting that that correlates with what's going on in our world today with Russia. It says, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. And then the Lord said to Jeremiah, Out of the north, disaster shall be let loose upon the inhabitants of the land. For I call, for he is calling all tribes of the kingdoms of the north. And they shall come, and every one shall set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem. And I think that's interesting because of what our current world is going through. And a lot of um, things are happening with the war of Russia and Ukraine. And the president of Ukraine just so happens to be a Jewish descendant. And right now the world is focusing on that. But somehow, some way, it always leads back to Israel. Um, and you know, Israel has always had quite um, an amount of enemies, and till this day, it still does. And all in all, um, things will be happening in that country of Israel. Um, it's important to look at what's happening around in our world to see where we are at um, in Bible prophecy, to see what God wants us to do in these times, how we should be handling it, how we should take our fears and quench our fears instead of quenching His love. And... How we will always have enemies in this life, and there will, will always be, um, you know, Bible prophecy will always be fulfilled. If you see, when he saw the almond branch, it's, he said, I am watching over my word to perform it. So anything that the Lord God had said will happen, will indeed happen. And this is God's promise to us that he is going to perform his word. And this is in correlation to the numbers 111 because it is in Jeremiah 111. And it also correlates to Hebrews 11.1, 1, which says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So Everything that God had promised to perform are the things, are the substances that we are hoping for. The things that we do not see, but will eventually see. Okay? Do you see the connection? <clears throat> that was all God giving me that connection, let me tell you. So, I just found it very interesting. It's something to keep in mind. Um that God connected to me. So now that we connected those dots, I want to go back up to the beginning of Jeremiah and talk about verse 5. 
of how he formed, he was talking to Jeremiah, but this also relates to us because God also formed us in the womb. He formed you in the womb and he knew you. And before you were born, he also consecrated you. Now, what does consecrated mean? This word means sanctified, set apart for a special purpose. So you, as a person, he has set apart for a special purpose. Now, it may not be Jeremiah's purpose. It may not be my purpose, and it may not be the person that you scroll on the internet and follows purpose, but your purpose. God has something for you individually, and that's something that you have to um, seek for yourself with God. That's something that I can't tell you, you know, if you're seeking like, well, what does God want me to do? I can't tell you that. You have to spend alone time with the Father and ask him. Ask him to connect the dots. Include him in your everyday task. Look for him throughout your day. Hear for him throughout your day. He is closer than you think. And when it talks about how he formed you in the womb and knew you, this word formed, the way that it translates means as a potter. So he physically formed you with his own hands, um, which is very special. It's very personal. You know, we wonder, like, why does God love us so much? Well, he created us. He not only created us, but he created us purposefully. He had intentions when he created us. Every single one of us individually. Um, what I've learned recently, which I'll be very short with, you know, it talks about in the Bible, actually, that our lives are written in his book. So when you think about it, our lives are a story, and we each have a book. Um, I'm trying to say this as simply as I can. We each have a book. Okay, so God is not only the author of the Bible. God is the author of many books. God loves, God's an author. God is a lot of things. <laughs> he has many talents. And so anyway, he has written your book, right? You have a book. And what's interesting that I learned is that when you look into DNA, Okay, so, a book contains letters just like DNA. It's how the letters are arranged into words in a book that makes them mean something. The same is true of a DNA basis. Now, this idea of DNA, okay, I learned 
from watching a Ray Comfort video, okay? And it's actually from his ministry, Living Waters, and it's a movie from 2016 that I have come across, and I thought it was interesting to start watching. I only got about, I don't know, uh... Check out this verbo. About 14 minutes in, because it's a movie, and I, I don't know, ran out of time. So, the beginning of it talks about DNA, and he explains it way better than I ever could. So, if you want to go check that out, it's called The Atheist Delusion Movie, 2016 HD, from the Living Waters Ministry on YouTube. It will pop up for free. Um, but it is interesting to think about um, how we're like a book and how it connects to DNA and how, you know, God intricately designed it to be that way. And if we search for it, just as Ray Comfort and his um, co-workers, if that's what you want to call it, um, sought to do... Um, we will find that to be true, what God says to be true, in such an extraordinary way. Um, and it proves him to be more and more. So, in short. Um, <clears throat> so God has been really speaking to me lately in many different books of the Bible about how he had formed us, about how he knew us in the womb, and how even before the womb, and how he knew us even before the foundations of the earth were created. So even before you were created or anybody had even a thought of you, um, before you were in the womb, all that, Way back in time, God already knew you would exist. He already had a plan for you. He already had you in mind. Um, it's just so deep to think about. Um, it's very, like, mind-blowing because you're like, who am I that God thought to create me. That's how I feel all the time. Who am I? What have I done? Why am I so special to where God thought that he needed one of me, you know, in his existence, in his time, um, story, in his anything, you know? Um, it's just really neat to think about and ponder on. I think a lot of us lose track on pondering, which is what meditation really is. The Bible actually tells us to meditate, not in the new age meditation. Meditation is completely different. Meditation is just pondering when you really think about it. Think, sit, um, Reread it if you have to. What else is God is saying, you know? Don't be so quick to read it and then walk away. There are many verses where God 
either suggest that we should meditate or his people had written about how um, they meditate on his decrees and such. Psalms 48 verse 9 actually is great um, speaking about God's love because it says, Oh God, we meditate on your unfailing love as we worship in your temple. So this psalmist was explaining how that they meditate on his unfailing love as they worship. And that's similarly to what we're doing now, which is kind of cool. We're meditating on God's unfailing love. And we should do this more often. Um, we're so quick to go to the next thing in our day that we forget to do that. We forget to meditate on all the things that God wants us to meditate on. When we don't stop to meditate, we may be missing a piece to the puzzle that God wants us to know. We may be missing out on the relationship portion of our God-given relationship with Him. You know, we may be missing out on going deeper into hearing what God has say is saying to you. Or just like being in awe of Him in general. We could be really missing out. Continuing on, in verse 6, God tells Jeremiah, Do not say that I am only a youth. Do not concentrate on, you know, how young you are, of what you think that you're capable of and not capable of. He basically says to him, I'm sending you, so you shall go. And... Whatever I command you, no matter what it is, you shall speak. Whether it's good or bad, you have nothing to be afraid of. I am with you. And he says the same thing for us. You know, we need to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. We need to follow what he is saying to us. If God leads you to a person to try to give them the good news of Jesus Christ, then you need to go. If you feel like God is pulling at your heart to lead someone into conversation about him, then do so. And you don't have to be pushy. You can do all things in love. All things in love. Bring it up as a normal conversation as you would anything else. When I read the verse... Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you. It reminded me of Philippians 4.13, which says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Which is true. You know, you think you can't do it. You think you're not capable because you're not. But you are capable when Christ gives you the strength to do it. See, when we try to do things on our own, we can't do it. But when we include God and have Him lead the way instead of us leading the way, He will give us the strength to do it in the time.
similarly to the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say when you need to say it and how you need to say it. It's the same thing. He will give us the words. He will give us the strength. He will give us that push we need to just do it. Okay? Pray before all things. And don't overthink the things that God wants you to do. Just follow. Let him be your lead. Psalm 71 verses 5 to 6 says, O Lord, you alone are my hope. I've trusted you, O Lord, from childhood. Yes, you have been with me from birth. From my mother's womb, you have cared for me. No wonder I am always praising you. See, so this is a connection to the youth, okay? When God says, do not say I'm only youth, the psalmist in Psalm 71 says, I've trusted you from my childhood. Yes, you have been with me from birth, from my mother's womb. You have cared for me, no wonder I am always praising you. So again, meditate on that along with what God says about do not say I am only youth. And if you're not young, for example, uh, you can still apply this to yourself because it doesn't matter, you know, if you say, oh, well, I'm too old to do this or something. Don't allow whatever you are um, identifying yourself with to intrude in, in what God wants you to do here and now. It's the same thing. It's the same application to you. You've trusted the Lord since your youth, and he's been with you as well from birth. And even before your birth, he knew you and he cared for you. If he didn't, you wouldn't be here today listening to this. <laughs> Psalm 139.16 says, Every day of my life, was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out. I'm going to say that again. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out. And this verse was so comforting to me. And I hope it's comforting to you because every single day of our lives was recorded in God's book. The moment you're in right now, God knew about. God knew you would be going through whatever it is that you're going through. So whatever you're going through does not surprise him. And I love that this psalm expresses to us that very thing that I explained to you, that our lives are like a book. We have a book, okay? And he recorded it. Isn't that interesting? Our lives are so meaningful to him that he even wrote it down. It's just so interesting. You know, God, you know, there's so many things that we don't even know about that we may learn about. In the time to come, like when we're not on this earth anymore and God's given us our new bodies, 
Like, what things are he is he going to show us? Isn't that something to look forward to? And it's just crazy. Like, every day of our lives was recorded. And that gave me so much hope. Not just hope. It, it comforted me, like I said before. Because, you know, when I initially saw that verse, I was weary, you know. And a lot has happened the past few years. And we are very sad about my father-in-law. But when you think about it, when you lose someone that you love, and you think that they left too fast... God already knew that they would die that way. God already knew how long they would live this life and what they would accomplish. God knew when they would go home to him. And God knew that when they were gone, but not forever, when they were gone, that you would be sorrowful and that you would need his help. He knew that. He knows if you're going to wake up tomorrow. He knows everything. I could go on and on and on. And Psalm thirty nine sixteen just really just puts so much into perspective. It really does. Every day of our lives was laid out. And the same goes with his word. He plans to do everything in his word. It was already laid out. And... He loves us so much that he warned us what's to come. And he loves us so much that he is willing to teach us what he wants us to know about it. And what we are to do. You know, he doesn't just leave us hanging. He never does. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 19 says, But God's truth stands firm. Like a fountain stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his. And all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. So, this podcast right now, the one that I'm doing, the one that you're listening to, <laughs> um, is already um, pretty long. So, I'm going to make this a part one. And later on, I'm going to, like, in a little while, like, not too long. It's not going to be, like, a week from now or whatever. So stay tuned for it. I'm going to make a part two to this. So if you're listening now and you've gotten this far, be aware there's going to be a part two to what I'm saying. And it's all going to connect. Okay? I'm going to do that for you instead of making one whole huge podcast because of time's sake. And you need time with your father. And you need time to meditate on all these things. And so, I'm doing that.
So, um, but 2 Timothy 2.19 that I just read connects to part 2 as well. Okay, this all connects to part 2, but this particular verse really pertains to part 2 of what I'm going to say. Because it's pretty much a warning. Okay. Like how I said, God warns before he does. So, God's truth stands firm. It's firm. If he says it, he will do it. As he keeps saying to us. He knows who are his. So you don't have to worry. He knows that you are his. You know, if you've ever questioned, like, am I his? Should I be worried? Am I going to make it? He knows you. He knows who are his. You don't have to worry about that. He will protect us, which is actually in another verse that I saw recently, which I found was interesting because of everything that's happening with the wars right now. He told me, he knows who are his, don't worry, he's going to protect you. He said that. We're protected. We don't have to worry about it, what's happening on in the world right now. We will be safe. God's got you. And um, I'm not going to go and search for that verse right now, but... That's what he said. Okay, you're just going to have to trust me on that. <laughs> I try my best to provide you with as much word as possible. Because I want you to know that this is what God is saying, not what I'm saying. I'm not just pulling it out of a hat. I'm not just, you know, saying what I think is right and wrong. This is literally what God is saying through his very word and his spirit. But the warning is, is that all who belong to the Lord, so that's us, that's all of us in Christ, must turn away from evil. So if you're a child of God, and you're fondling with things that you shouldn't be fondling with, or even if it's not necessarily evil to you, it, and it, but it's evil to God, like for example, gossiping. That's evil to God. That's not something we should be doing. It doesn't seem that bad to us because people do it all the time. It's kind of in our nature. And I'm just using this as an example. This could be anything. Okay. Um, I don't want you to narrow it down to just that. But let's just use it as an example because it seems simple to us. But God wants us to turn away from that and to stop that and to just keep renewing yourself in the spirit so that you're walking in the spirit, not in your flesh. Because he wants us set apart. He wants us different from the ones of the world as an example to the ones in the world. But also... We're turning away from evil because something is coming up to where we're going to need to be in his spirit as much as possible. But we also need to be prepared as a bride. We need to turn away from evil right now for something that's coming. <laughs> um, 
which will be for part two. Okay. So just keep that in mind. All who belong in the Lord must turn away from evil. This is a time of preparation because he is warning. Okay? Don't say, I'll do it later. It's now. It's now, guys. It really is. And to wrap this all up, about how, about Jeremiah and God's unfailing love. You are special because God molded you. God does not create mistakes. You aren't loved because you are lovable. You are loved because God is love. You aren't valued because you're valuable. You're valuable because God made you. You are his child. And he desires you. And I don't want to make this all about you and I. Because in reality, life isn't about us. It's about the one who created us. But to do part two, it's important to know part one. It's important to know God's love. Because if you know God's love, and you know how deep it is for you and how unfailing it is, you will be successful in part two. So, thank you for coming to today's Living Sacrifice podcast. I hope to have you come listen again. And until next time, bye-bye. Psalm 34, verse 22. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned.